Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ, the remnant. Thank you for listening, and uh, thank you for downloading our podcast and sharing it on social media. Um, We have a great guest today and a very important book about the problem of biblical illiteracy. We need to talk about that today. I know it's uh, it's hard to hear sometimes where the church is. In America, but we've got to talk about this and then talk about solutions as well. We'll talk to, about a few stories, also recent stories we want to touch on before we introduce today's guest. Father in heaven, thank you for your truth. Thank you that your word is truth and that we can go to that and build our foundation on the living, true, everlasting God. We praise you for the victory that we have in Christ. We thank you for the goodness that you show us every day and the favor sometimes you give us with other people. And we ask that you would lead us by your Holy Spirit today. Every day, I think I ask for wisdom, Lord. So today, give me wisdom and us, those who are listening right now, how to respond to so much of what is going on in our culture and around the world. Lord, give us wisdom and help us to be ambassadors for Christ and represent you um, in the best way that we possibly can. We love you, Lord, and we commit this time and this day to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Our guest today, first time having him on the podcast, Dave Jenkins. He's got a book out called The Word Explored. And uh, Dave is the founder and executive director of Servants of Grace Ministries. He's the host and producer for Equipping You in Grace podcast. Also the executive editor of Theology for Life magazine. He's happily married to Sarah and they live together and serve in Oregon. Dave, welcome to the podcast, brother. Hey, David. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank well, you, brother. It's so good to connect with you. And shout out to Doreen Virtue for connecting us and uh, for getting us together. And she uh, did a great podcast with us about a month ago on the New Age movement. She has a phenomenal testimony. So uh, tell Doreen hello. So before we get to the book, Dave, and I, I, I'm going to start right out, even with the, the foreword, I've got some questions, and I love who endorsed it, um, Ray Rhodes and Dustin Benge and a few others. But there's a couple stories that came out before we get into the topic we need to touch on today. You know, the, a lot of cases in the courts when it comes to Christians and the biblical worldview, particularly religious freedom, a lot of cases have been coming out on the side of the Constitution and religious freedom and Christians. But this one particular one didn't. A chaplain-led courtroom, uh, actually chaplain-led courtroom prayers, have been ruled unconstitutional by a federal judge, and this is down in Texas. There's a judge there who has been opening his courtroom proceedings in prayer, and uh, now there's a legal victory for the freedom from religion foundation, not freedom of religion, freedom from religion. They're radicals, they're uh, atheists and socialists, and they're against the biblical worldview. They are based in Wisconsin, unfortunately. But uh, anyway, this judge happened to rule that, no, this uh, Texas judge who's a Christian should no longer open his courtroom proceedings in prayer. Um, This is where we are. I mean, most cases do not go this way. But Dave, just your quick comments on where we are as far as these legal cases. Any thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there was a professor out of Harvard, um, Harold Berman, and he talked about the intersection between law and religion. And one of those, one of the important things here that he talks about is the danger of religionless, religionless law, hmm. because you know, without religion, we 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 can't really have genuine morality and law, you know, because that's the foundation for our legal system. And and so it's not really, uh, sadly, it's not a shock that we're seeing these things as we move further and further away from God. Mm. You know, a godless society is um, just that. It's godless. It rejects God. Um, it really reminds me of Romans 1, mm-hmm. um, where we're headed. We, we have 
we have the truth, we have more Bibles in this country and more commentaries and theological resources than any other country in the world, and it's interesting. You know, we used to send, we, we well, we still do, the American church still sends missionaries, but uh, these countries that we've sent missionaries to for, you know, hundreds of years are now sending missionaries to us, and that's an indictment on us, you know. Yes. Um, we we uh, profess to love God, and but uh, where's the action, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, faith without works is dead, and, you know, we're not supposed to just hear the Word, we're to do the Word, and, and so I just wonder, where, where's the where's the real love for God? I, I think that we are, you know, we, we profess these doctrines and these truths, and where's our zeal for the lost, and our love for doctrine, and our love for one another, and, um, you know, mm-hmm. that, that those are just some questions and in terms of the legal fights i mean i think that we do need to stand up and yes you know um in in the courts and we we need to get a spine because <laughs> if we don't have a spine then um you know boy brother we're going to be in big trouble um we got to we got to stand up in in the courts on religious liberty and every other issue um and and get ready you know cuz yeah. they're going that, that they they view the liberals view the 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 court system not like the congress and you know we would the congress and the senate and the presidency and the congress and the senate you know passing laws but they view the legal system as a means to achieve victory not through legislation but through you know um changing of the law at, at the court level mhm they're using it as a weapon and they've been doing that for decades um i like what you said earlier one of the symptoms i think is people's love growing cold, and that's prophetic. Uh, it says in the end times, I think it was in Second Timothy, where those that's one of the things that we will see, the love of most will grow cold, and that's what we're seeing. But we want to encourage Christians to be passionate about the things of God, and we want them to be fervent in spirit, as it says in Romans 12, 11, serving the Lord. Uh, we're with Dave Jenkins. We'll get to his book in just a minute, but there's one more story I wanted to touch on. And this goes back to, and I thank you for bringing up Romans 1, because it's such an important, especially the second half of that chapter where God gave them over to degrading passions because they exchanged the truth of God for a lie, for falsehood. They worshiped idols. They served the creature rather than than the creator. And here's where we are today. Um, A depraved mind, moral relativism. And that's this gender battle, what uh, one of our guests calls the gender surrender, um, J.B. Hickson, who will be on with us next week. Shout out to him, too. Uh, Democrats are now targeting a pastor who defended a Christian teacher's views on gender. This Christian teacher in um, Loudoun County, Virginia, which they've got a lot of problems out there. But Alliance Defending Freedom sent a letter to Loudoun County, and um, this teacher was uh, suspended basically for saying, let me just read you his quote. Mm. Um, he said, um, whereas I want to make sure I got the, the, the teacher's quote instead of the pastor's. He says, it's, it's not my, uh, is this the teacher? Yes, Byron Cross. It's not my intention to hurt anyone, but there are certain truths that we must face when ready. We condemn school policies that would damage children and defile the holy image of God. He says, I love all my students, but I will never lie to them, regardless of the consequences. So I want to say kudos, not only to him, because he was suspended, but to pastors, and there are few, who are standing up against this moral relativistic garbage that says you can be whatever gender you want, and you, you can identify as something that you are not scientifically and biologically, and of course, according to God's Word. So the pastors, Gary Hamrick, and Dave, I want you to respond to this, um, he is now under attack for saying uh, that the Democrats on the school board are perpetuating the lie about gender confusion. And boy, is he in hot water now for, for standing up for this teacher. He said this, quote, Some of them are not going to do their, uh, they're not doing their duty to protect, let alone educate our children. And they are subjecting them to sexually explicit materials. They're talking about introducing racially divisive curriculum, critical race theory. They're emotionally abusing our children by perpetuating the lie about gender confusion, and they affirm 
when they affirm pronouns that are contrary to biology, reality, and the beautiful design of God. So they need to be held accountable, and it's time to step up. Dave Jenkins, um, we don't see enough pastors or hear about enough pastors, godly men in America, that are willing to step up. They'd rather either be silent on this because it's a tough issue. Just your thoughts on the state of the church where we have allowed this to spread throughout our culture. Yeah, you know, as you were talking, I had a thought, and it's not going to be a popular one, which, um, but it's this, is that we we have such a low view of God, um, and R.C. Sproul used to talk about that uh, mm. so much. Um, we have such a high view of ourselves, and, and in, in a lot of ways, you know, we don't want to say that we're so full of ourselves that we're not full of God at all, but... Um, we are. We're, we're so inundated by all these messages and all of everything, and it fills us up with the world. And worldliness is a problem, and, and by extension, we have so little fear of God mm. and uh, so much of a fear of man. And I think that's really where we're at, is people have such a low view of God um, that, you know, by consequence, they have a fear of man. They're afraid to speak up. They're afraid to stand up. They're afraid to say what God's Word says. And, and you know, especially if you're a pastor, I mean, you're you're commanded to, in Acts 20, to preach the Word, the whole counsel of God. Amen. Um, Ephesians 4.15 tells you to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Second uh, Timothy 2.15 uh, tells you what that work is. It's, it's to help people to rightly divide the Word of God. Um, so pastors are to equip the people of God to rightly handle the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And, and so if, if a pastor isn't willing to, to stand up on the Word of God and, and to do that, I, I don't know what you're doing in pastoral ministry, or, I mean, for, for any Christian ministry, if you're not willing to stand up for what the Word of God says, and, and, um, you know, in love, of course, not, not to browbeat and to, dump the Bible on people's head and to use it as a club. We're not talking about that, mm. but we're, we're talking about, you know, t- stand, making a stand and, and good on that pastor on that issue, you know? Yes. Um, but, you know, we, we need to, we need to desperately kill the fear of man with a superior view on a biblical view of the, of the fear of God. Um, because what that'll do is it'll, I mean, not that we don't care, right? But that we will care more supremely about what God has to say rather than um, what man might say about us. Amen. And I think of the Apostle Paul, what he said in Galatians, if I, if I were serving man or wanted to please man, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Dave Jenkins, what you just said, our, the people in our audience are probably shouting and, and cheering you on saying, yes, preach it. Because this is what we've need we've needed to hear this for decades, but we've seen too much compromise in churches. One of the most common emails I get from listeners uh, is, "Why did my pastor cave or compromise, or why don't they address these important issues that are affecting our, the youngest of us, the, our children, and Christian children?" Um, but that's they're they're just crying out for truth for shepherds to guard their flock instead of allowing the wolves in the door. And I know you have a heart for that, too. But I want to get to your book now. Uh, Dave Jenkins wrote The Word Explored, The Problem of Biblical Illiteracy and What to Do About It. Well, we know the problem, friends, and we'll get into some stats in just a few minutes. But you had me, Dave, at the foreword of the book by Costi Hinn. He's the president and founder of For the Gospel, when he said, we don't make time for God's Word because we lack hunger. And so I've heard this so much, Dave, and I would love for your response before we even get into your book. In the foreword, he says, when you think about having a hunger for God's Word, there are probably at least a few of us who will begin to think, well, I just don't have time to get deep into God's Word. I wake up at 5 a.m., exercise, help with the kids, go to my job, work all day, come back home, help with dinner, help with the kids, finally get to shower, enjoy a brief uh, interlude of silence during a very innocent Netflix binge or Instagram scrolling session, and then it's off to bed. What's sad about that is this excuse of we just don't have 
the time. And he makes the point that every person, Christian or not, has the same 24 hours. I think he hit the nail on the head as far as our commitment or our hunger for God's Word. So I would love for you to share your thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have time to watch endless shows and endless movies and endless uh, uh, read endless books or articles or whatever, but we so shockingly don't have five to ten minutes to read the Bible. And, and, I, and I say it that way not to, you know, shame anybody or whatever, but, but to get you to see, okay, you have that time for those things, like you're saying, but you you don't make the time, mm-hmm. and so it's it's an intentional thing that you have to make uh, time for. It's not going to happen by itself, you know. Um, you know, and and it goes back to what we were just talking about. We we say that we love God. Okay, do we love what God loves? And that's a convicting question. Ooh, yes. Because uh, what 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 God loves is He loves His Word, His people, and His church. So. You know, this this takes us past the you know the idea that Bible reading is a legalism, and it helps us to see that God delights in these things. And so, I, as a Christian, and dwelt and and dwelt by the Spirit, um, should love what God loves. And so, that's really what I that's really what I'm aiming to do, beyond just you know helping uh, uh, more, more helping people understand why you know they need to do these things rather than um, just how. Because we need to address the motivations, um, because clearly we, we have a problem, and the problem, I think, has to do with a, a lack of motivation uh, and right, godly, biblical motivation. Yes, and let's jump into some of these frightening statistics about biblical illiteracy. We just have three minutes left in this segment, but we'll go right to these uh, by Gallup and Castelli. Um, the research showcases eye-opening trends in American Christianity. And as we've said many times on this podcast, Dave, um, American Christianity is quite a stretch away from biblical, true biblical Christianity. But it says this, fewer than half of all adults can name the four gospel accounts. Many Christians, and I put that word in quotes sometimes, cannot identify two or three of the disciples. 60% of Americans cannot name five of the Ten Commandments. God's law. And then it goes down to other um, insights. 82% of Americans believe the idea, God helps those who help themselves, is a Bible verse. Even among born-again Christians, it says uh, 81% believe that the Bible teaches the purpose of life is to take care of one's family. Well, I think that comes from the Best Life Now theology. But And finally, this is this was shocking. I thought this was a joke, Dave. Please respond to this. 12% of adults believe that Joan of Arc was Noah's wife. No joke. It, it gets worse, brother. Wow. Uh, one, one, one study found that uh, people believe that Billy Graham was the one who uh, you know, wrote the Sermon on the Mount. That so, Billy Graham yeah. wrote the Sermon on the Mount. Boy. Yeah, we got we got Houston. We have a problem. Yes, <laughs> we we have problems in America. Oh my goodness! Um, so we've got a minute and a half left. I love that Houston, America. We have a problem. But what what we're trying to do is uh, we're we're in a way, Dave. Just so you know, we're we're preaching to the choir generally with the audience that listens to Stand Up yeah. for the Truth. I know we have a lot of newer listeners, but generally they are more mature. They want to live and believe this truth and preach this truth, and uh, they are digging into God's Word, and they are upset at, at false teachings and what's going on in the country in this biblical illiteracy, but they need—and that's why I brought you on, because you've got some solutions. Uh, one of the things uh, in the subtitle of your book is what we can do about it. So when we come back from our break, we're going to talk a little bit more about, first of all, uh, some disturbing statistics— and then what we can do about it, because that will equip the saints to go out there and be able to know how to respond to these things and help other people. And that's what we should do as Christians. We are not to live for ourselves or just our families, but if we are truly living for God, we are loving our neighbors too, and that means helping them, even in the church, challenging people to discipline themselves so they have time to get into God's Word every day. Dave Jenkins is the author of The Word Explored is the book and when we come back we'll talk about some more stats and solutions on stand up for the truth keep it right here
Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest today is Dave Jenkins, and the book is called The Word Explored. By the way, Dave, um, do people need to go to ServantsOfGrace.org, or where, where's the best place for them to get the book? Uh, you can get it at uh, Westminster Bookstore if you don't like Amazon, which I know a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, you can buy it through the publisher directly, uh, H&E, um, Hassett and Emmett. Okay. Um, so those are some options for you. Awesome. And it's just 95 pages. I mean, my book is just close to 300 pages. So this is a much easier read, and I encourage you guys to check it out. Um, so on this is just early in the book. It talks about a little bit more— uh, <laughs> Over 50% of graduating high school seniors, now this is not Christians, this is you know, just kids coming out of high school, they thought that Sodom and Gomorrah were husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I, we're not surprised by this. I mean, they've kicked God out of the schools, you know, in the 1960s and uh, expelled from public schools the biblical worldview. Now we get into something else. In Lifeway Research, the following um, this is about Bible reading habits among church attendees. Let's clarify. There are people sitting in pews across the country in churches who are not truly converted. I don't know them personally. I don't know their hearts. That's between them and God. But we know the fact is a lot of people are sitting there who really are just um, social Christians. They come to church for the fellowship. I even read that in your book. Someone said, I come to church for the fellowship. Um, <laughs> just for friends. So, of people in churches read the Bible every day. 19%. This is Lifeway Research. 26% read the Bible a few times a week. 14% of people in churches read the Bible once a week. 22% at least once a month. And 18% admit uh, rarely or they haven't read the Bible. These are people in churches now. These are not graduating seniors. These are not these are not the uh, you know secular progressive university you know people. This is church goers. So this is sobering, Dave. And we wanted to do this. We wanted to share these stats before we get into the solutions on what what we can do about it. Almost sixty percent, sixty percent of church goers um, open their Bibles at home during the le- week at least once. But that's do, where, what happened to our hunger? Do we not believe that this is the Bible is life to those who find it and health to all of our flesh and the word is true? So your response, and you can take us down this road of solutions now, unless you want to address some of these stats I just shared. Yeah, just, just one quick thought, and then I can go there if you want. Um, it, it, it's this, that we don't understand how serious reading the Bible is. You know, we often accuse those who say, read your Bible daily of legalism. And if that's legalism, I've been saying, sign me up for it, because I'm, I'm all in for that kind of legalism. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I say that tongue-in-cheek, but I'm also dead serious. But And, and the reason is, there's always a reason with me, by the way, um, and, and it's <laughs> this, is that, 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 you know, Bible reading is at the same level as, of importance as, re, as eating and drinking water, and eating food, you know, it's not a, it's not a want to. It's a, I have to. It's a necessity um, to survive in this in this world yes. um, that, as we talked about, so godless and rejecting God. Uh, we got to input the Bible into our hearts, into our lives. We really got to soak our our heart and our mind in the in the Word, and that's what the Spirit wants to take. That's the means that the Spirit uses, right, to yes. plant us in the truth, to to, to help us to grow. Uh, into the image of Christ, and and to send us out into this world to make disciples of Christ. And make no mistake about it, the world is making disciples. If ever there was a time when when that is irrefutable, I mean, look, just look at what's happening. Um, they are aiming to make disciples uh, of themselves in their own image. Yes. The world is, and 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 we are called to make disciples of Christ, and that. That is so important, and how are you going to be a disciple if you're not in the Word? Mm. Um, you know, the, the thing is, is that we have huge problems in in the Church today, and one of the biggest ones, I think, is that we focus so much on our witness and not enough on our character. And in the Bible, 
the Bible holds those two things in tension, our character and our witness. And we've sadly, you know, uh, focused more on our, on our witness. And so the solution, what is the solution? Well, um, I'm kind of even going in, into this now, um, just talking about it. We've been talking about some of it. We have to see what God loves. As spirit and dwelt Christians, we have to love what God loves, and that is He loves His Word, He loves His church, and He loves His people. You know, um, God delights over His Word. He All 66 books are given to us by God. They're reliable, trustworthy, and uh, for every area and every phase of life, they're clear, and they're binding on our lives, and, and we need that word um and because every day in our lives is for the reason i said and you know the church is um you know there's a hashtag was a hashtag on twitter you know about the church being essential and the church is absolutely essential because ephesians 5 tells us that the church is the only institution that jesus bled and died died for hmm. um and god obviously uh he redeemed his people you know, through the finished and sufficient work of Christ, and so He loves His people. He no longer calls us calls us, you know, enemies, but He calls us His friends, beloved by God, and that's good news. And what that should do, hopefully, for our listeners listening to this, it should it, it should help you to see, okay, how am I doing at loving um, the Word? How am I doing at loving the church? Mm. How am I doing at loving other people? Um, because these are things that God loves, and and you can find these all over the Bible. I mean, once you once once it's explained to you, you will you you can't unsee it in the Bible. Hmm. I mean, because it's just literally all over the place. But the solution, the, the what I really wanted to do in the book is there's two things. One, I wanted to, as I mentioned earlier, I wanted to get at the why. Um, I want to help Thank people you. understand why we do why we read, memorize, uh, study, and and do all that we do with the Bible, and also um, why we we do what we do in the church, because the two are related. Um, if we have a good understanding of, of the Scripture, and we will be formed by uh, by God uh, through His Word, by the Spirit, into the image of Christ. And that is so, so important. So that's what I'm aiming to do in the first half of the book, okay. um, so that we can become g- godly godly people, um, because I think that there's not a Christian out there that doesn't want to be an effective servant of God, and the primary instrument that God wants to uh, use us in and through is through the local church. Mm. And so that's really where I'm going in the second half of the book. That's my answer to the to the problem of uh, biblical literacy, is to help people understand, okay, this is what's happening when the, the, the pastor is preaching, um, this is what's happening when I'm engaging in a small group, uh, or why am I supposed to do the the Great Commission? Um, I've I've seen and and know of older or se- I should say seasoned Christians. They've been in the church forty fifty years, and they don't know why we do these things. Oh and I've actually been yeah. told this. Yes. And go ahead. No, no, I'm I'm nodding and agreeing and shouting Amen. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I uh, you know that that's really why uh, I wanted to write the book. I wanted to not just help that the, the newer Christian, but also, you know, the, the quote-unquote mature Christian who, who may not know these things. And, and, and I, again, I always want to be careful because I'm not trying to shame anybody or make anybody feel bad. You know, um, that would be the last thing that I would, I would ever, ever want. I'm sure that's true for both of us, brother. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we want, I just wanted to provide this resource so that people could be like, okay, that's why we do what we do. That's really why I read, read and do all that I do with my Bible, and that's why we do what we do in in church. Um, just a very, um, you know, not not. Uh, it is basic, but it's not. Um, I'm not talking down to anybody. I'm more like trying to come alongside and be like, hey, this is this is really why we do this, friend, and you know, this is why you should grow and and why you should, um, you know get involved and, and grow in yourself, but grow corporately with God's people, because we so often just focus on the, the personal aspect, and we miss the corporate aspect. So so the the first half of the book is very personal, but the second half of the book is corporate, um, and the two are so important because, uh, as J.I. Packer once said, the normal Christian life is lived in the local church, hmm. and we need the local church. And, and Charles Spurgeon once said, I have a great need of Christ and a great Christ of 
for my need. And I, I was slightly, I would, I agree with that. I affirm that, but I would, I would add to that and say, I have a great Christ. Uh, for, I have a great a need of Christ and a great uh, Christ for my need, but I also have a great need of, of my brothers and sisters in Christ um, and, and, and Christ working through them and Amen. in them um, to bless to, and to help me grow. And, and we need one another. That's where the 50 one another passages are. They're all meant to, and designed by God who knows us so, so truly, uh, you know, at the heart level, he created us, right? Amen. And he yes. saved us. And, and so we, uh, we, we need to, um, we need, we need one and we need Christ and we need one another. And uh, there's, there's so much there. So, well, Dave, I want to quote you before we jump into hearing the word. Um, you say this, Understanding how to hear the Word of God, read the Word of God, and study the Word of God is vital. The statistics that we just read earlier and in the first segment, you say these statistics illustrate the disconnect between proclaiming a Christian identity and understanding Scripture and the biblical worldview. I think that's very profound because there is a disconnect. So those of us that are alert and aware and uh, understand this, we want to know what we can do about it. So before we get into hearing the Word, and you quote Romans 10, 17, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. There are a lot of people who are not hearing, like you said earlier, the whole counsel of God, let alone sound doctrine, at the churches they're attending, and they're a little frustrated. So before we jump into this, what advice would you give them? Yeah, I think the first thing is you need to have a conversation in love with your pastor. Amen. If that's, if that's you know, and just be like, hey, um, you know, just just talk to them, you know, like you would, you know, they're they're a person like you. How would you want to be addressed if if you saw issues, you know, in your in your home or, or and and the same is true with your pastor, you know, he um, no doubt works works hard mm-hmm. and work, uh, you know, visits the people, cares for them. That's why he's in pastoral ministry. And maybe he doesn't, maybe he doesn't know about, uh, expository preaching verse by verse sermons and, and those kinds of things. And, um, so yeah, that, that would be something I would say, you know, obviously, uh, uh, you want to give it a little bit of time, but if the pastor isn't willing, then you should go find a different church. Yes. Um, and, and that's hard, you know, it's a tough emotional, um, very difficult decision, but it's it's necessary. It's necessary for you to take the time mm. to have those conversations. Not to Amen. anybody anybody that says to you, "Oh, just up and jump away from the church." No, what you should do is you should tune them out uh, <laughs> for good, like for real. I'm not kidding. Yeah, no, I, um, I agree with you, and I want to jump in yeah. here and say, yeah, yeah. It be, it's a lot of people find it hard to do this because their friends or other families that they know go to that church, maybe they have for years, but you are guarding your own heart and your family, and you want to be fed and equipped. It's not all about us, but part of the role of the pastor-teacher in Ephesians 4 is equipping the saints for ministry, and we know they're supposed to teach the whole counsel of God and address these things that are just killing young children today, thinking they can be another gender. Well, that they've they've had to get they got to this place because they blew up the whole idea of the existence of God and creation, creating them male and female. Why is that so hard to understand? Well, they believe the lies all these years. Anyway, Dave, I didn't want to get off on that tangent, but I wanted to say big amen to you for the way you presented that. We need to go to our pastors. We love them, we, but we want to challenge them. They have a responsibility for the rest of the flock. And uh, Dave, go ahead now as, as far as hearing the word. I'll let you continue. Sorry, I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> That's all right, brother. You get two preachers together, and what do you, what do you get? You get this. So, I mean, you Please know, continue. It, it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So, I mean, here, <laughs> we have a good time, brother. So, you know, hearing the, word is so, hearing the word is so essential, as Paul's saying in Romans you know, ten. It, it's it's the word of Christ is the is the gospel. There, it's the finished and sufficient work of Jesus on our behalf. Mm-hmm. You know, in our place and for our sin. He and he was buried and rose again. First uh, Corinthians fifteen one through eight tells us um, tells us this vital truth. And Amen. you know, <laughs> you need the gospel 
not only not only to save you, you need the gospel for all of your life. Um, you need the go- you need to hear the word because you need the gospel. And how does the how, how do we know? How do you know the gospel? Well, you don't know it because of your feelings or or anything like that. You know it because it's it's revealed in the word. And that from Genesis to Revelation and everywhere in between, um, God wants you to read the Word, not just to be able to know Bible facts and stories, but because it contains Scripture contains the whole story, uh, the whole gospel uh, uh, of how God is at work in the lives of real people in real history, and and really redeeming them and setting them apart, hmm. um, you know, for Himself. Yes. Um, and using them, and you know, you might think, oh, you know what? I today, even today, I, I messed up, Dave. Oh, great! What's the gospel? Uh, gospel. The gospel is good news for people like you who who screw up and mess up and sin and fa- fall on your face. And but the question is, are you looking to yourself or are you looking to Christ? And mm-hmm. if you're going to look to yourself. You know, you're never gonna you're never gonna be able to overcome any issue in your life. You have to look to Christ. Amen. Look, keep looking to Him in the midst of trials, in the midst of hardships, in the midst of challenges, in the midst of suffering. You have to look. Don't mm-hmm. look to yourself. Yeah. You have to look up and look to Christ. You know, we we talked about just a minute ago about, or at the beginning of this about all these challenges, and it's so can be so discouraging, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we have to look to Christ there too. We have, that's why we have to input the, the we're, we're we're inputting so much of the world into us, you know. And I'm not saying you don't read your newspaper, but I'm saying you read your Martin Lloyd Jones used to talk about this. You read your Bible. I think it was Martin Lloyd Jones. You read your Bible and you read your newspaper. The the first thing is you read your Bible. You're in your Bible. You're inputting that scripture into you. And then you can read the news or whatever because it helps you to process, you know, the world in in the right way through a biblical worldview, and you're seeing um, the world through a biblical lens. Um, like that's Carl F. H. Henry would call this a um, was a 20th century uh, a theologian. He called that a biblical life view, kind of like you would use gla- wear glasses mm-hmm. and you see that you have the the Bible helps you have a biblical worldview, but it also helps you to to see the world through that lens. And so that's Amen. that's why we need to hear the word. Yes, um, why we need to be in the word. Why we need to be with God's people. I mean. We could say so much more. Yes, well, thank you, Dave. Perfect timing, because we do need to take another break. And in that chapter, you also mentioned Acts 17.11, where we must be like the Bereans that Paul commended because they searched the Scriptures daily to see if what was being taught was biblical. So we need to be Bereans. We're going to come back with Dave Jenkins and talk about studying the Word of God. What, what about memorizing the Word? Does that help? It's the Word Explored by Dave Jenkins. More when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Dave Jenkins is our guest today. He's the founder and executive director of Servants of Grace Ministries, and he's got a podcast. It's called Equipping You In Grace. Uh, Dave, we didn't talk about this when we started today. I'd love to have you share with our audience a little bit about your podcast and uh, where people can hear that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Equipping You In Grace is where I interview you know, uh, thought leaders, uh, mostly Reformed, um, just biblically solid people. Uh, I, I like their books. I like their stuff. And so I have conversations with them about everything, um, kind of like we're having today. And then uh, the serv- on the Servants of Grace podcast, I-, I take questions and answer them. Cool. And then um, I had a radio program uh, from 2001 to 2006 and uh, uh, where I preached expository sermons, and that kind of blew up, and and I just kept doing it. And so I just uh, keep doing that, and God's been very kind mm. and uses those. I do those on audio and video. And then a couple of years ago, I started... Um, a manhood podcast. Um, I've been deeply involved in men's ministry in the local church. I'm very passionate about that. And so I started this um, podcast called Warriors of Grace. And um, God's been very kind to use that as well. 
So I would just uh, check out some of those things uh, on our website, servantsofgrace.org. Great. And, um, yeah, definitely, oh, definitely. Go ahead. You can. Oh, sorry. Uh, I just You asked me where you can find it. You can find all of these on, you know, obviously on Servants of Grace, um, on, on iTunes, on Spotify, wherever podcasts are available. And if, uh, you know, you can't find it somewhere, let me know. And uh, I will definitely uh, look into getting it on there, too. So, yeah. Yeah, just to clarify, there are other people who also do podcasts on that website where they work with you, but yours is called Equipping yeah. You in Grace. You want to mention uh, the, your staff or people you work with there? Yeah, yeah. We got a men's uh, editor. His name is uh, Dave Scott. He's a pastor um, in, in the New England area, and uh, he, he's in New Hampshire now. And uh, we have a women's editor. Uh, one is near Sacramento, California. Um well, Arneson, and the other is Alexa Hess, and she's a pastor's wife out of Seattle, Washington. Okay, very cool. Yeah. Uh, a lot of other contributors yeah. as well at Servants, yeah, so Servants of Grace. Wow, I even see one with Doreen Virtue. So uh, that's, yeah. that's uh, it's podcast there. So Dave, back to your book, The Word yep. Explored. Again, if you're just tuning in, this is a short book. It's not an extensive a book that's going to take you uh, weeks or months to read, and it flows pretty easily because he's a good writer. Um, you talk about the benefits of applying God's Word. Actually, I jumped a little bit, jumped ahead. We want to talk a little bit about basic study habits, maybe just to refresh our audience, who I'm sure they're reading the Word almost every day, I would hope, but uh, they're in the Word of God, but maybe some a refresher on study habits. Yeah, as you read God's Word, uh, read in context. What we mean is, what we mean by that is, don't just uh, flip open your Bible and you know put your finger down and treat the Bible like a like a, like it's a genie in a bottle, right? And you're gonna you're gonna shake it and you're gonna get the answer that you want. No, you have to diligent Bible study is hard work for a reason, mm-hmm. you know, because you have to work through the the text, so you have to read it in context, like. Why did Paul write this book to this letter to Timothy in First hmm. Timothy and Second Timothy? Why did he write t- to Titus? Uh, why were the Gospels written? Um, and then, and then you can work through those things and um, the context. What is Paul uh, saying to Timothy in First Timothy and Second Timothy, and on and on and on? Uh, what does this mean? Then you can start to ask, what does this mean? Um, and this, these are these are so important. And, and I always, I always. I don't ever assume that people under understand this. Uh, just experience has taught me that we do these things because we believe the Bible is is the inspired, inerrant, infallible, um, sufficient, clear, authoritative word. Amen. So we believe the Bible and we take it at its value, and that's why you know that understanding what it does is it safeguards us against error. Hmm against having the wrong kind of interpretation because we're constrained by the actual words of the actual text and what they actually say, and we're actually going to take them seriously, which is, again, I guess, to pastors, it's, that's why you need to preach through books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big proponent of, of that and believe that that's the best way to, to preach, but it, that's also why you should, as a Christian, work your way through books of the Bible. Now, you might not... You might not read the whole Bible from cover to cover. That's okay. Even if you spend time in the book that your pastor is preaching through, or you spend time in the Proverbs, or you spend time in the Psalms, just keep getting in God's Word. Yes. Uh, you know, another couple good resources to use. You know, there's Logos Bible Software, which is great. Um, there's lots of great um, Ligonier Ministries has a recommended commentary list. You know, it, it, it details those who are beginners, those who've never read a commentary. You know, uh, they're, they're at the lay level on up to advanced where you know Greek and Hebrew. And so, you know, um, they have great resources. You can also Google Tim Challey's recommended commentaries, and that'll take you uh, to Tim's website. Um, full of great stuff and recommendations on good commentaries. So those are those are two things that... I would say if you want to get more in the Word, that'll, I guess, three things. Logos, <laughs> Ligonier Ministries, uh, recommended commentaries. Um, they also have recommended books, and Tim does a great job with 
book reviews. So Amen. Tim Challey's got a good plug today. All right. And Enduring Word is another good site. Um, uh, Dave Guzik, he's another good um, source. But you talk about sound doctrine and sound living, and I want to jump to application. Uh, once yeah. we talk a little bit about memorization, but you say if we steady ourselves in Christ to withstand the storm of cultural upheaval— our convictions must be shaped and molded in the firm soil of the Word. And I love the way you put that, Dave. And as James one twenty two says, it's not enough to be hearers of the Word. It's important to hear, but now we must be doers of the Word. So touch on memorization, and then let's jump into, uh, unpack a little bit from the book of James, being a doer of the Word and not just a hearer only. Yeah, for sure. You know, we um, memorizing the word is a lot like it's a lot like going to the ATM and pulling out money. You you go and put in that money in the ATM so that you have money then to pull out. And so when we're talking about memorization, whether we're talking about you know memorization or we're talking about uh, meditation or or anything, we're talking about putting in a deposit so that later. We, we can have uh, something to uh, pull out uh, when we need it. And, and there's not ever a time when we don't need it, right? Uh, we can use, we can memorize the word by uh, reading that passage over and over and over again, hmm. or we can um, write it on a flashcard or print it, type it out and print it out. Um, there's any number of tools, and there's lots and lots of, of tools. Um, but when we talk about biblical, um, you know, meditation, what we're talking about mm-hmm. is is we're talking about not emptying our minds, we're talking about filling our minds with, you know, God's Word, Yes, and then we're talking about thinking about those, thinking about those things, because it's, it's on our lips, it's on our minds, you know, and the mm-hmm. psalmist, uh, I'm pretty much almost quoting the psalmist there, um, you know, it's it's on our thoughts, it's in our lives, it's it's guiding, it's a light to our path, it's helping us to grow, and and we need that. Um, you know, and how does that relate even to biblical meditation? Well, I think it sort of becomes obvious when we are thinking on the word, when we're you know working it through it and reading a verse um, over and over again, mulling on it. Um, it's going to get into our lives. It's going to get into our thoughts. The Spirit mm. is going to use that Word um, to convict us, to comfort us, to strengthen us, mm. uh, to to help us to face whatever we are. Um, and so, when we go to when we go to James one twenty two, um, it says that be doers of the Word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You know, um, you know, he's not saying, oh, this is something that you know you're saved by. You know, doing this, you know, we're no, we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Uh, but this is something that, as a Christian and dwelt by the Spirit, you should desire, um, you know, by God's grace to to put into action yes. um, the things of God. Um, as we talked about earlier, you know, what God loves His Word, His people, and His church, um, so that you don't. Uh, Deceive yourself. You think, oh, well, I'm looking in the mirror, as he talks about, James talks about, and, and I'm all good. You know, you might look in the mirror when you, hopefully you do, before you comb your hair. When you comb your hair, you look in the mirror so that you know that your, you know, your hair looks okay or whatever, or, you know, look in the mirror when you shave or, or whatever, you know, um, and on and on, right? Um, but we have to look in the mirror and to see ourselves rightly, not as we, you know, want to appear, but but as we are. Um, and and the big thing to understand here, guys, is is God knows who you are. Mm-hmm. He knows who you really are, and you can't fake him out. You can't play pretend. Um, so God today, He knows where you're at, and and that's a good thing because He's the only one that can save you. He's the only one who can sustain you. He's the only one who can secure you, and He's the only one who can glorify you. So whether you're you're not a Christian to you're a Christian. Um, you know, God saves and God God secures and sustains and will glorify and will help preserve the the people of God. And and so, hmm. looking at application, do being a doer of the word, putting it into practice, mulling over the word, chewing on it, studying it, reading it, 
um, memorizing it. Um, it, it's all going, God by the Spirit is going to use that to help you to grow to be like Jesus so that you can be that effective servant of Christ. You can reach your, when when you talk to your neighbor, they'll, they'll see Jesus through you. Uh, um, you know, not, not Dave Jenkins or whatever your name is. They won't see, they'll see you, but they'll see the Christ in you. They'll be drawn. Yes. Um, compelled to to the Christ in you, to the hope and uh, that you have, um, and that'll provide uh, opportunities for you to, to share Christ in, in, in love. And, you know, I um, remember, and I share this story, there was a time at a, at a church I was at in Idaho um, a number of years ago, I think it was like seven or this happened eight years ago, where I interrupted the pastor on on a Sunday, which is, don't ever do that, by the way, because <laughs> um, I kept doing that. Sunday is the pastor's busiest day, and, and this guy and I are, are really close now. Um, <laughs> but uh, he said, "Dave, you have a relational maturity problem." And, and later he would say, "You you you don't have a knowledge problem; you have an application problem." Ouch! Interesting. Um, yes. You know you, but but one of my friends, he's a biblical counselor, Jim Duheiser. He says he really asked the question, um, "How much of God's word can you access?" And, and this takes us to application. How much in your daily life, in your ministry, in your interaction with others, how much of this Word can do you have access to? Do you know? Do you Have you studied? Have you internalized? Have you thought about? How much of God's Word do you personally have access to so that you can utilize it? And this is ultimately the question hmm. that I was trying to answer in, in, in this book. Yes, and so we've, hope we've got a break. Thank you so much, Dave. Uh, we, I, we didn't have time, obviously, in this podcast, but there's a great chapter on distractions, the local church, and making disciples who make disciples. One more time, uh, Dave, where can people get a hold of this book, The Best Place? Uh, either either through the publisher, Hassett and Emmett, or Westminster Books, or if you'd like, Amazon. Okay, we've got a link to the book on today's podcast post at standardforthetruth.com. Uh, we thank you guys for uh, sharing the podcast, of course. And Dave Jenkins, what a blessing to have you on. Let's keep in touch, brother. God bless you and your ministry. Thank you. God bless you, too. All right. Thanks, Dave. When we come back, we'll let you know who our guests are next week. Keep it right here. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. We've got another brand new guest on Monday. His name is Douglas Cobb, and he's got a great book. That's why I wanted to have him on. It's called And Then the End Will Come, The Completion of the Great Commission and Nine Other Clues that Jesus is coming soon. Do I can't wait to talk with Douglas Cobb on Monday. And then Tuesday, we've got J.B. Hickson, the troublemaker from Colorado, coming back on with us. Also, Steve Smotherman, you'll hear from him on Wednesday in a rebroadcast. Jason Jimenez, Stand Strong Ministries on Thursday. And Rick Scarborough, Dr. Rick, will be back with us. It's been a while since we caught up with him, and he's got a podcast as well. Anyway, a great lineup of guests, and thank you guys for your suggestions. Uh, The rest of the month is full in June, and uh, uh, we're booking July already. But thank you guys again. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.